Wash your hands and keep it clean. You gotta wash your hands and keep it clean. We'll flatten that curve while we're quarantined. It feels absurd, but just you wait and see. Cover your cough and if you sneeze, and then you wash your hands and keep it clean. That's right. Wash your hands, everybody. Well, welcome everyone to this special edition episode of Thrive Subscribe, COVID-19 Practice Pearls by CPSN. Thrive Subscribe is partnered with CPSN USA to bring you a Saturday morning podcast, and we're focused on community pharmacy practice pearls during this pandemic. Each week, we'll summarize the most necessary topics and share best practices from the front lines. We'll address your questions and discuss the week's current challenges. We'll be here each Saturday morning as long as you need it so we can quickly share best practices so you can take back to your pharmacies to help your business, your teams, your patients, and your communities. Today, we are extremely fortunate to have New York City pharmacy owner um, Roger Paganelli with us. So Roger, we're very, very grateful for your time today. Um, and just a, a quick intro and background. Um, Roger's a third generation pharmacist who owns Mount Carmel Pharmacy in New York City with his two brother, brothers. He's a leader in the state, serving on the Board of Pharmacists Society of New York. And since the COVID crisis has hit in New York City, his pharmacy has been making special accommodations and has been in constant contact with his fellow pharmacists across the country and across the state. So today, Roger's going to share with us his experiences with COVID-19 and really how he's keeping his team and his patients safe while being at the epicenter of this pandemic here in the U.S., um, so again, this week, we are really fortunate to have both Joe Moose and Ashley Branham here to talk with Roger. Um, Ashley, I know you're learning quite a bit about best practices around COVID exposure plans um, from all around the country. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks, and good afternoon to all of our listeners. I'm, I'm excited to be back um, this week, um, both with Joe and Roger, um, to kind of give us an update on what's happening in, in sort of the hot spot of New York City and, and how in the world he's managing uh, high volume um, of prescriptions, taking care of his community in the setting of such density and, and such um, high numbers of cases and exposure that's ongoing. So um, I know, like many of you, um, and we've been um, really trying to figure out what to do with um, limiting patient interaction, figuring out what to do when a um, employee may have a, a questionable symptom that they're they're complaining about or concerned about. Um, and of course, we've seen a variety of, of recommendations come out. Um, most recently, the CDC has released guidance documents around returning to work practices and work restrictions when there is um, suspected illness or exposure to COVID-19. Um, those guidelines have certainly set um, um, some standards and, and some processes in place that we've adopted here in our pharmacy and, and hopefully in many of your pharmacies as well. But there's still a lot of gray areas, right? Um, when is the right time to send, the, to send an employee home? What happens if the symptoms are just not so crystal clear? Um, and and generally, if the employee feels great or um, you've been exposed to someone, but you're still feeling pretty good, um, when is the right time to make those those actions? And um, and so 
you know, judging from the guidance that's been provided by CDC and, of course, learning from um, the best practices of community pharmacists across the country. Um, we really want to highlight that today. Um, Joe, do you have anything else to add before we um, kick things off with Roger? Nope, we're uh, we're really excited to have Roger. I, I feel like, you know, New York is is about half of, of all the deaths in the U.S. are uh, kind of in the New York City area. So I feel like Roger's ahead of where most of us are on this. So we've got a we've got a lot to um, to learn from from where Roger's got a jump start on, on this this uh, pandemic from us. So let's let's jump right into it. Let's do it. So, Roger, thanks for being on here with us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your workflow as it is today and how you've gotten there and how you're managing to control um, the density of, of um, number of patients that you're serving and, and still taking appropriate measures to, to maintain safety for both the patients and your employees? Uh, so, thanks for having me on today. And, um, I want to keep this as concise as possible. Uh, I'd like to uh, give you some bullet points about what we started over the past couple of weeks. Uh, once the governor of New York uh, stated that only essential businesses would be open, and that would that was a week ago this past uh, this past weekend, we started to do a pilot uh, on the Saturday before. And uh, we put uh, we put guard rails. We we got in touch with the local police department, the precinct. They provide us with some barriers. We're a corner drugstore that's been in the neighborhood for the 56 years my family has owned it, and um, probably 30 years before that. So uh, we are a destination. Um, we're a typical New York City corner drugstore. So we've got the challenges of space always both for the number of employees and the number of uh, customers and patients that we see on a daily basis. But we knew we had to do something to make this different than everyday business for Mount Carmel Pharmacy. Um, so besides the the uh, rails that go up the side of the store, we put some markings every six foot so that the people waiting on the line would keep the distance that they're asking for. They're changing that uh, social distance, I think now to uh, physical distance or something like that. Um, and uh, we decided that the one line wasn't sufficient. So we made another line across the front of the store. So as a corner store, we've got the opportunity to use both streets as a guide. And um, there are people who need non-essential um well, let's call it prescription business. We made a prescription line on one side and we did every other service on the other side. We decided to cut out lotto. It's not a an essential uh, health care issue and anything else that wasn't that. Um, and then we put a kiosk in the front of the store, for lack of a better term. We put a table with a lot of signage and the signage gives the people a lot of information about what's going on with the crisis, not only at Mount Carmel Pharmacy, but throughout New York City and the rest of the country so that people can stay aware and alert. And that person at that table not only has information all over it, and we ask people not to take information, but to use their phones to take pictures. <clears throat> uh, and we are allowing, 
it's it's kind of interesting. We put a rope like in front of a nightclub and we have somebody letting people in the pharmacy no more than five at a time. And inside the store, we have four aisles. We're asking the people when they're shopping, if they're shopping for essential items, to please keep it your aisle to yourself. And <clears throat> when they get up to the, the checkout counter in the front or the back, we've created a barrier between the counter and the, and the patient, creating that space that's needed in between the forward-facing uh, employee and the customer. Um, so we've taken a lot of steps and uh, the challenges that this has created, these steps have created are great. Uh, being a high volume pharmacy in New York City, we're in the Bronx, we're in the Bronx and um, we probably serve somewhere between 3,800 to 5,000 patients per month. On a chronic basis, uh, chronic medications, uh, our medication synchronization program has uh, approaching 13 or 1,400 patients and growing every month. So you can imagine what that list is like uh, every day. There is a list of 50 odd patients that need medications processed and delivered to them and delivered that could either be by our delivery personnel or by our pharmacy staff inside delivering out to the front of the store so the patients can limit the um, exposure. And all of this creates challenges because we've never done it before. So putting that table out there wasn't just enough. We decided to use our VPN, which is a virtual, virtual private network, and we set up our pharmacy system, which has our bag, uh, pick point bag system where we can locate uh, bags inside the store. Uh, it has, it also has on it um, uh, a texting program that we use to text our customers. And we're promoting that as we're outside. So we're using our staff as liaisons to promote that texting program. Those texts come in privately into the pharmacist screen. We can fill orders and answer questions that way. So there's a lot of so built-in technology. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. So did, did you implement all this stuff at one time or, or is it like every day you're adding this and you're getting a little more stringent with it? And before you answer that, I do want to tell those that are here live with us today that um, feel free to put your questions in, into the question of the chat box, um, any questions you have, or your comments or your best practices. Um, maybe you've tried something Raj um, has spoke about, and, and you've tweaked it and added to it a little bit that we can share share with our, our listeners. Yeah, so um, some of it is just that, Joe. Uh, it's a great question. It, it is an evolution and a fast one because of how fluid the situation is. Um, and, you know, what speaks to how fluid this situation is, is the guidance from the CDC and NIOSH uh, or whatever the other agency is, maybe NIAH. Um, and then also from the states, and, and this is really important, everybody who's listening, the CDC is giving a lot of great information, and so is NIAH. Those federal agencies are giving great information, and don't discount that one second. But don't don't forget that your Department of Health from your state, uh, whatever state you're in, 
should also be given guidance. Guidance for essential business personnel, essential healthcare personnel, which is what we fall under, and us and our uh, our staff, if you're an owner, um, and if you're a staff pharmacist, you are considered that. And sometimes that guidance is different. In New York State, that guidance is different than the CDC's guidance. Yeah. Did so you reach out to your department? To yeah. Did you reach out to your Department of Health or did they reach out to you? Interesting question. They they are they are out in front of this, Joe. And uh, interestingly, so the Department of Health has, is issuing this guidance um, on without being uh, solicited for it. So it's very helpful for us. Um, Can you also talk a little bit about kind of the the mental state of your staff? I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of things on the news of just a, a really terrible situation that's happening in your area. Are I know they're scared, but have you had any any pushback from your staff? Is is everybody well with your staff? I mean, have you had to kind of deal with some of these situations where you send them home because they're they're starting to exhibit questionable symptoms? We we've run the gamut on that, and I appreciate that question because um, it is a challenge. We have a staff of over forty plus myself and my partners, and. Uh, Right now, we're we're operating at about two thirds, and in a robust operation like ours, it's very difficult to uh, to maintain the level of service and care that we've been delivering for so many decades. Um, so, to that point, what we've been doing, and I think this is very important, and I, I recommend everybody do this in some capacity or another: reach out to your team via text either on a, every morning or twice a day, uh, have, have meetings, have impromptu meetings with them. Um, don't worry about uh, turning the, the rest of the business off for a couple of moments to make everybody feel comfortable. Let everybody know, be transparent about if there is a diagnosis. We've got, we're, we're a hot store. <laughs> By that, I mean, we've got several confirmed uh, COVID-19 employees. Um, uh, pharmacists and uh, non-pharmacist staff, and there's a lot of fear around this. Uh, I shared some information from, uh, that uh, Troy Trickstead shared with me about the survival. Um, uh, it is a, a survival uh, numbers on this out of China, which are very important to share. And um, the staff is very appreciative that we're communicating openly and honestly with them. Uh, but it is challenging, and what we're doing is just reallocating the help. So uh, if someone was not doing this job before, we try to cross-train a lot of our help. Uh, but, you know, you've got a lot of different systems. You've got a lot of different areas within your business that some of your help just can't answer questions. So a big thing, uh, one of the things that we think is very important is to take down phone numbers Tell people they'll get a call back, even if they can wait 24 hours, we'll get back to them as soon as possible. It is an ongoing issue. Uh, one other thing I'd like to say is obviously once an hour or whenever you think it's important, you reach out to your staff over the intercom or overhead, whatever it is, you scream up to the front of the store, however your store is designed, to wipe their things down, put their PPE, keep their yeah. PPE on, keep clean. Yes, uh, we have... Uh, We've hired a sanitization company to come in. 
uh, several times now, especially since the first diagnosis. The employees are much more comfortable when you are communicating with them. The more silent you are, so this is critical. Don't, yeah, Roger, don't be silent. So that, Talk to them. That, that sanitization company, where, where did you find them? I mean, just you know, Google it, Yellow Pages. What, what kind of company came in and cleaned after, after you had an employee that, that uh, came up positive? So I went, I went to a cleaning company. Uh, this was a friend of a friend from a high school. I said, do you do this any longer? He said, no, but this is who does. So okay. use your network, everybody. Uh, use your resources. Uh, in, in New York, there's probably hundreds of companies that do this. I, I fast-tracked it by asking a friend. I, I always think that if you can network something before you can go to Google or the Yellow Pages, as we used to say in the old days, I think you might have a better chance of getting somebody in there. It doesn't always work, but it worked for me. And uh, this is a, a cleaning company that does industrial cleaning, and uh, all of their paperwork is around this COVID-19 cleaning. So 10 years from now, who knows whether that'll be something that'll be, a you know, a uh, you know, have you done this 10 years ago as a lawsuit? Who knows? But, right. uh, yeah, they come in with a machine that's called, uh, I believe it's a Clorox machine 360 with ionized uh, chlorine, and it gets into everything. All of our staff is washing down all the touch points. Any, any clients come in as soon as they're done, disinfecting wipes, alcohol sprays, everything. Yeah, I know we take an iPhone and we set a timer for an hour and the staff get to pick their song. Um, so uh, each person, each staff member gets to pick a song and every hour their, their song plays. When that song plays, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Everybody stops at the same time and cleans a certain zone. Um, and it's sort of gamified. You know, they look forward to it. It's, hey, it's about time for my song. And, you know, they're spending the evening trying to, to find the craziest or the most outrageous song to to do so right before this webinar started i'm in the pharmacy today i told everybody hey y'all y'all be quiet out there i'm getting ready to get on a podcast and then all of a sudden baby shark was uh came on play it was the <laughs> three o'clock hour it was time to clean and and i they were so that was whoever picked that um we do have yeah, I, I we think do the, have several I, questions out that i think the key Go to ahead, this Ashley. is if, if you're in an area where maybe you haven't peaked or you haven't seen seen a peak yet, go ahead and start researching any sanitization companies. Make sure you have kind of that list ready to go um, because when it hits, you're going to have to act quickly. Great information, yeah, Ashley. Absolutely. And everybody should heed that. Everybody should heed that. Get out in front of this thing. Take advice from any one of these podcasts or any one of the pearls of wisdom that uh, CPSN or anybody you've spoken to that you think sound good and put your spin on it. Put you implement it whatever way it works best for your operation. And one more thing you know, that I, that we've done, done Joe, that I think it's important we mention is we've been feeding our employees a lot because they're working a lot and they have no time to even pick up the phone and, and call out for food. So we're feeding them as often as we can and trying to keep them happy too. That's Great awesome. point, Rod. So you are your best asset. So, you know, we've, we've heard stuff and we've had some comments um, on today of things like staff, well, they've bought all their staff clear 
um, or those that don't wear eyeglasses, they have bought them clear glasses like you would get at a local hardware to protect your eye if you were doing work, woodworking or Home Depot or Lowe's um, to wear this protective eyewear, um, not because of anything splashing their eye, but just to keep them from actually touching their face and touching their eyes as well as having staff um, wear masks. That's highly recommended. Uh, highly uh, recommended. On it. So, um, you know, also things like a, uh, we talked about communicating with the, the health departments. Several folks have said that they, you know, they've been in touch with their health department to let them know, hey, we're here to help. Um, keep us in the loop of what's going on, that they've reached out to the health department. So I think that's good. I think also communicating with your local hospitals and, and your your infectious disease leadership there to let them know, you know, what medications you have in stock on hand and, and, and you know, that you, you may have a workforce that's out there ready to, to to uh you know to help them so i i think all of those things is we can't be uh, i think what i'm hearing roger say and what i'm taking home to this is get ahead of this thing get it you know if it doesn't come that's exactly what we want that's what we plan for but but don't be afraid to to put extra things on your staff to help keep them safe and to help you know the last thing you want is your pharmacy being the point of source for somebody, somebody getting COVID-19. So uh, you, you make sure that you're protecting uh, your patients from, from your staff who may have already been exposed to. We also got a question in that said, anyone um, have their staff sign an agreement to follow local COVID restrictions and recommendations? So uh, I, I would love feedback from you guys listening. If you, if you have had your staff sign an agreement, um, type that in the chat box or the question question box and let us know uh, what's going on there. Another question that came through is, are you quarantining staff that has worked directly with staff that tested positive or, or what is your policy there? So Roger, uh, how are you, how are you coming up with your policy or who are you looking to, um, to give you guidance when, when you did have your first positive patient and then who did you look to, to give you guidance when you had your first positive employee? Uh, I'm using uh, overall the uh, Department of Health, New York State Department of Health guidance, and it's very clear on there. It's not it's not long guidance, and I'd be happy to share it with this group uh, if it's if it can be posted somewhere for New York State anyway. But they are they are telling us that uh, you know if you're exposed to someone who's positive or you are positive, as long as you're and even if you're symptomatic, so this is very, very different than what the CDC is saying. So uh, happy to share that. We will with be you. able. Sure. Well, thank you, Roger. We'll be able to include that into the show notes. Okay. Yep. And, and uh, CPSN, along with my fantastic student this month, Grace Barr, have have put together some some um, guidance around. Um, uh, and I'm trying to find the name, but it would be it's on the CPS and COVID best practices site. I can't think of what the the name of the document is. Do you know, Grace? The the but anyway, I, I'll find out what the the name of the document. But it, but it's on this. Will be on the CPS and best practices as soon as it's complete. That kind of gives you some guidance. But I think the, we're hearing from Roger, and this is great advice that that. that uh, 
maybe your local health uh, department has got got their own guidelines that we should be looking into. Roger, do you have any um, thoughts about how you're holding up through this? And I know your brother also is an integral part of the business. Are, are you all doing okay? Any words of wisdom to share with, with us as the wave is headed um, towards the south? Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how fast the disease progresses. Uh, I'll just give you a little clinical two-second clinical picture. Uh, we have people who are uh, okay the same day and later that night on a ventilator. Uh, so whatever and however this virus is attacking the respiratory system, it's, um, it's absolutely vicious. And uh, my brother is in the at-risk category, so he's at home now. I'm working from home at the moment uh, to uh, reduce my exposure. Uh, I'm going to give it seven days and then re-entry on Friday or Saturday, uh, Saturday probably. Um, I'm taking seven days, and it's tough. Uh, I'm at my desk in my house with my VPN, um, answering calls on my VOIP. I've got my security cameras. I've got my iPhone. Uh, get ready get ready, get ready. This is, uh, this is not a marathon. This is a sprint. And, uh, if you're not ready, it will get the best of you. So, uh, those are not, uh, that's not panic. That's preparedness. Get yourself ready. Listen to what everybody's saying. Who's going through this right now, everybody. It's very serious. Yep. That, that's not panic. That That's preparedness. I, that's, uh, Great words, Roger, and and we hope you know we're important in this whole process. So we need to protect ourselves, keep ourselves healthy, um, so we can take care of you know. When you're on the airplane, they always tell you before you fly that put the if in the event of emergency and the mask drops down, put the mask on you first, and then and then assist those with you. It's the same thing. You, you've got to take care of yourself. Uh, this this appears to be a uh, a sticky disease that, like Roger said, it it, it happens really really fast, um, and it spreads fast. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of things here. I think you know we're, we're I've heard we're dealing with two pandemics out there. You're dealing with COVID nineteen, and you're dealing with with stupidity. You know you've got people who who are ignoring that this is out there and that this is happening and this may be coming. So uh, I think we we need to stick to our guns and, and do diligence in this thing and, and not, not let up. Yeah. It does not Actually, discriminate. <laughs> it does not right. discriminate. Um, Ashley, what, everybody listening to this is probably working in their pharmacy. Um, and they're going home to their family who is sat at home and, and, been through binge watched, you know, whole episodes on Netflix while they've been at home. Why we've been at the pharmacy working? Um, what should we be doing when we walk in the house at, at or before we walk in the house? What should we be doing when we're leaving the pharmacy and being probably exposed to the public most of the day before we get back home to our family? You have any any thoughts around that? I would love to hear 
Roger's perspective on it. I, I know we we've kind of have a process here in the pharmacy where we're doing you know minor cleaning and you know showering and things like that as soon as as soon as we get home. But um, I'd love to see Roger what your your um, take is on that and what you've seen with your employees as well. Uh, listen, if you don't want to bring this home to your family uh, and you don't have a decontamination booth outside your house or in your basement or anything like that, be smart. Uh, wash your wash up before you leave before you leave your workplace and before you come it back into your house. I loaded my car up with gloves. I loaded my car up with hand sanitizer. I loaded my vehicle up with uh, alcohol and I change them frequently. And I come inside my house and I change my clothes and I wash my gloves. I've actually, I've actually sequestered myself from my family for the, for the past X amount of days. So I'm in one part of the house and getting my, uh, my like jail cell meals delivered outside the door. Um, <laughs> and the wife, and the wife is picking them up with, you know, with gloves and a mask and, you know, doing the best she can to limit exposure. I have five children. So, uh, you know, and all uh, four out of the five are home right now. So it's a, it's a place where I don't want to bring it to, um, if I can help it. So do your best, be diligent. There's uh, a lot of smart people out there. Pharmacists are some of the smartest people, uh, that, I surround myself with, especially those yeah, on this call. Yeah, um, I think these are all great, great advice, um, Roger. Um, to, to isolate yourself, keep yourself clean, shower immediately upon returning from work. Ashley, any any pointers you can think of? Yeah, I think those are the practices that we're doing as well. Just um, ma making sure anything that's had contact in the pharmacy is um, is in some way sanitized, whether that's showering or a little bit of Clorox on things. Um, and of course, stopping and you know stopping to get gas on the way home and those kind of things uh, require some extra um, cleaning as well. Uh, I love the idea about keeping those gloves and things like that in the car and the vehicle to make sure that that's um, handled right away uh, at the contact. Roger, how are you all you collecting payment, at, you know, with customers also? I mean, are you using credit cards only or, you know, how are you minimizing that hand-to-hand -hand contact that you have um, with daily operations? You know, uh, there's a few there's a few things. It's tough when you're when you're in the inner city neighborhoods. A lot of people transact business with cash. Uh, one of the, one of the ways we've mitigated that is to just waive every Medicaid copay. Medicaid copays in New York, uh, there are copays. They are not they are not mandatory, uh, but uh, if the patient can afford it, they they pay it. Um, so we are waiving the copays. That stops a lot of small dollar transactions limits exposure to time wise uh we're asking everybody who's getting an order either delivered or picking up at the at the front of the store at the kiosk um we're asking that you know we collect payment in advance that's helpful uh you know you do whatever you can and uh, many of those things are common sense and like i said a lot of smart operators that are listening out there they'll take and adapt what what we're doing to their operation and make it 
best practices for, for their particular scenario. Uh, but uh, yeah, transact business before the business gets there. If you can limit the exposure to your, your employees and your staff. Uh, we have, since we had a positive case in our store and we've done the sanitization a couple of times now, we have also, by the way, uh, suspended immunizations. Uh, we didn't have a big uptick in immunizations, but we suspended it now because we thought that was in the best interest of our patients who are coming in for immunizations. That's been about uh, five days now. Uh, so again, just information that I'm putting out there because that's what this is about, right? <clears throat> yes, good good information exactly. too. And we've also seen, uh, you know, folks that have put a clothes hamper line with a garbage bag just inside the the entrance of their home, and and when they come home, they strip down in the entrance, or you can do this outside. Your neighbors want some entertainment. Um, down, throw it in that, is that the North Carolina? <laughs> is that the North Carolina plan? That's the that's the North Carolina way. Right? <laughs> we're, we're trying to trying to, to to find find a pot of gold somewhere out there in this amongst all the this uh, craziness that's going on. So we uh, put a put a trash bag in a in a clothes hamper and strip down, put it in that, and wash the wash the things directly. Uh, the end, same way like cleaning phones, cell phones, and keys, and and, and all those when we come home. Uh, just you know, try, again trying to trying to protect our families. Uh, uh, it's, the, the, you know, if, if I may, disease, if I may reiterate one point um, that I made at the beginning of this, and you touched on it also, Joe. I think Ashley did that. We we are responsible for so many patients getting their so many chronically ill patients getting their medications and the folks listening if you don't let your staff know the importance of what it is that they do and you do each and every day and patients go without medications because we cannot provide them they are going to wind up in a situation where they're going to need the hospital and that's going to put undue pressure on the system that's already overtaxed and more people will die because of that. And again, Troy Trigstad says it's science and it's math. So if we don't want to be part of that science and math increasing those numbers, we need to stay in the workplace, stay diligent about uh, sanitization, uh, keep our staff and our clients and our patients as healthy as possible during this <clears throat> and get the medication to the patients that we serve each and every day. Exactly. Good. I think that's a strong message um, to wrap up on, Roger. Um, we, we really appreciate your time today. And um, I've been taking notes as fast as I can because you you've shared so many good pearls that I think a lot of us are thinking well when that happens to us we'll take action and hearing from you that seems like all the wrong approach don't wait to take action we know it's coming even if it doesn't come it's okay to go ahead and start preparing that's the point right so thank you so much for your time we're thinking about you and, and your business and all of your staff as you were undergoing just this 
this crazy, crazy time. Um, so we really appreciate you being on here today. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes. Thank, thank you, Roger. Thank you, Ashford. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Those listening, happy Saturday to you and stay safe. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with some more pearls for you. So thanks a lot. And we appreciate all the feedback everyone's given. The Thrive Subscribe Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you, and transform your pharmacy practice.